to ask Jesus a question. They were all a little embarrassed to ask it because they thought they should know the answer to the question by then. So they drew lots. And let's say it was Thaddeus who won. Why not? I mean, no one remembers even that Thaddeus was a disciple. So here's his moment. Thaddeus went up to Jesus after they had seen him at prayer and said, We've been talking, and, you know, you're our rabbi, so you should teach us how to pray. Sure. Easy. Here's what you say. The prayer he gave wasn't very fancy or frilly, not even very long, just a few sentences. You declare God's holiness, you trust God's will, and finally you ask for the strength to bring that will into the world through the breaking of bread, through forgiveness. The room got quiet. Another disciple gave a little cough. I don't get it, he said nervously. I mean, doesn't God know everything? Why pray if God knows what's going to happen? Origen raised his hand and asked to take this one. Origen was a theologian in the first and second century who wrote this great little book on prayer. He said, God may indeed know But given that God knows everything, then he knows your prayers are a part of what will move him to act. There are folks who pray for the sun to rise every morning, paying attention as they move into God's will of the rising of the sun. And he says, wily and unreliable humans for the obedient celestial bodies who commune with God in ways beyond our knowledge. Blaise Pascal chimed in at this point. He said, prayer gives humans the dignity of causality. Okay, another disciple pushed. Well, then how often should we be saying this? How often should we pray? A lot of folks in the room wanted to take a stab at that. The Benedictines answered as one and said seven times a day, just like it tells you to do in the Psalms. So every three hours. Origen said "Uh, three times a day at the minimum, uh, but do it standing up, for you have been named friends of God. The Episcopalians handed the disciples a well-worn and said, try morning, noon, and evening prayer, plus Compline for the close of day. Everything you need, it's right there. Simon Vale, a French mystic from the 20th century, spoke up and said, all you, just, all you need is just the Lord's Prayer. She said, I've made a practice of absolute attention. If, during the recitation, my attention wanders or goes to sleep in the minutest degree, I begin again until I have once succeeded in going through it with absolutely pure intention. Harder than it sounds. She says, the effect of this, is, this practice is extraordinary and surprises me every time, for the, although I experience it each day, it exceeds my expectation at each repetition. 
C.S. Lewis agreed with her. He was in the room. For he did the same practice, though they had never met before then, and chagrined as he was to agree with a radical Frenchwoman. St. Paul, he shook his head and frowned. How often, he said, this isn't about the amount of time. Pray without ceasing, like, like your life is the offering, an ongoing conversation with God that others listen in on when they are around you. He did admit this is an advanced state of prayer. But that last part kind of bothered everyone, as Paul tends to do. Wait, Bartholomew protested, all right, you, you can say prayer, and then you can also live prayer. So what exactly are we doing then? Is everybody in the world praying, even if they don't know it? David Foster Wallace shushed them and said, in the day-to-day trend, actually no such thing as atheism. There is no such thing as not worshiping. Everybody worships. The only choice we get is what to worship. If you worship money and things, if they are where you tap real meaning in life, then you will never have enough, never feel you have enough. It's the truth. Worship your body and beauty and sexual allure, and you will always feel ugly. And when time and age start showing, you will die a million deaths before they finally grieve you. Intellect, power, and then he said, the insidious thing about these forms of worship is not that they're evil or sinful, it's that they're unconscious. They are default settings for a human life. When you pray, Father, how your name is holy, you're taken out of the default settings. Father, hallowed be thy name. Your settings are no longer ordered around self, but God. God's will to be done, the kingdom to come. I mean, it is insidiously easy to confuse with your own will, your own kingdom. There are ways to tell if that is happening in your life of prayer. There's a tip. When you think your enemies are God's enemies, you have begun creating God in your image. So the whole room of disciples was murmuring by this time, a little upset. But it was a small, scared-sounding voice in the corner that got everyone's attention. But does it work? We asked the market analysts, and they said no. The meteorologists said the sun would still rise, even if you prayed against it. Ask, seek, knock, Jesus says. The door will be opened unto you. But what's behind the door? I thought I'd take this one. This prayer thing isn't about getting what you want, even if what you want is a very good thing. It is about recognizing need, Voicing utter dependence on God. That's the Lord's Prayer. 
It's shocking because this is unilaterally opposed to a culture in which need equals impoverishment. Knock on the door of the world once. They'll open it and say, is something wrong? Well, you better come in and get it fixed. You have a problem? Let me tell you about ten more that you have. Buy this thing. Your need and weakness and desperation are unseemly. Prayer recognizes our neediness before God. And prayer isn't about fixing. In prayer, the cracker-thin walls of a marketed existence collapse, and your great need unfolds before the creator, redeemer, and sustainer of all life. The gospel this morning is very good news for those of us who feel a bit of a failure at prayer. The best thing we can do is to begin. Sometimes we don't even feel the strength to ask, don't know how to begin. But Paul interrupted. He said, that's good news for you too. And I do always like to give Paul the last word. None of us know how to pray, he said. But the Spirit is in us, crying out, Abba, Father, hallowed be your name. Amen.